Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, well before we get into today, I did just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's donated over the Buy Me A Coffee page. It's a huge help, so thank you very much. All right, now let's get into it. So last time on the podcast, it was the beginning of the day of the cockroach races. Uh, Dad was there with his helicopter and uh, April and Finn had dressed up in disguise as giant cockroaches because they had been banned from the event, but they wanted to go. Um, And Joe and Loretta and Pumpkin were also there, as well as thousands of spectators excitedly anticipating the event. Okay, so now today we're going to do Chapter 24, Everything Goes Wrong. Here we go. There were six heats with ten cockroaches in each race. The winner of each race would go through to the final. Mr. Lang was the commentator. He introduced each cockroach as it was placed under the ceremonial shield. A Japanese translator was standing off to the side, giving live translations for viewers at home. Coach Voss was the master of ceremonies. It was his job to make sure all the cockroaches went under the ceremonial shield and then call out, On your marks! Get set, go, as he whipped off the covering. The cockroaches did not understand English, but it added to the drama of the occasion and made sure everyone in the crowd was paying attention. From the first heat on, things did not go to plan. In heat one, as soon as the shield was whipped off, it was clear something was wrong with one of the cockroaches. As the other nine sprinted for the line, the cockroach limped around in circles. Dobby's boy is struggling, said Mr. Lang. Looks like he may have pulled a hamstring. Do cockroaches even have hamstrings, asked April. Animesh rushed forward and gently lifted his cockroach out of the arena. What's wrong, boy? he asked as he looked him over. Kieran was looking closely too. Look, he's only got five legs. Someone has ripped his leg off. There were gasps from the crowd. It must have been an accident, said Mr. Lang, or perhaps one of the other cockroaches did it. Coach Voss, you're the master of ceremonies. What do you think? Coach Voss thought for a moment. Terrible tragedy. But Nellie's grin is the winner, he said, with his usual brevity. The crowd muttered amongst themselves. In heat two, the trouble continued. The favourite was King Richard, and when the ceremonial shield was lifted... He didn't move a millimetre. Close inspection revealed the cockroach had been stuck down with superglue. In heat three, the hotly tipped Ali's barber was found chomping on a piece of pepperoni while the other roaches ran off. In heat four, the short odds contender, Marky Marcus, disappeared completely. Then, in the final heat, when Coach Voss whipped off the lid, the cockroaches showed no interest in running for the line whatsoever, 
They were too busy writhing all over each other. Are they wrestling? asked April. I don't think so, said Finn. The cockroaches appear to be covered in some substance, said Mr Lang. He leaned in and sniffed. It's honey! One cockroach seemed to be less affected than the rest. It staggered away from the group and started making its way towards the line. Which one is that? asked Mr Lang, consulting his notes. Madge! Madge is in the lead! That's our cockroach! exclaimed April. Shh! said Finn. Keep your voice down or someone will recognise us. Madge isn't moving fast, but there's not much competition, said Mr Lang. The other roaches were still trying to eat the honey off each other. Good old Madge, cried April. She's going to win. And she does it, exclaimed Mr Lang. Madge wins the last heat. And that roach is owned by, Mr Lang checked his notes, Finn and April Pesky. There were boos from the crowd. They rigged it, cried Matilda, leaping to her feet. They can't have done, said Mr Lang. They're not even here. Stop, cried April. I know who did it. Everyone fell silent and looked at April. Who are you? asked Constable Pike. He was standing by the racing dais, overseeing security. April realised she was still wearing the cockroach suit. She pulled off her ski goggles and brown bicycle helmet. I am April Pesky declared April, and I know who has been secretly killing cockroaches. Everyone gasped. (gasps) There was muttering amongst the crowd as people discussed who April was and why she was disguised as a giant insect. Of course you do, accused Matilda, because it's you. You've been banned from these gardens, said Constable Pike. I'm arresting you for breaking council regulations pertaining to special festivals. You can't arrest someone for that, said Finn. It's not a proper law. All you can do is fine her. Oh, and me, because I'm Finn Pesky. Finn removed his ski goggles and bicycle helmet too. There were more gasps. (gasps) Right, I'm telling your dad about this, declared Constable Pike. Good luck, said April. He's afraid of authority figures. He'll run away when he sees your uniform. April, just... Tell us who did it, called Joe. He was sitting with Loretta in the middle of the stand. Before you get yourself in more trouble. Pumpkin barked excitedly and leapt down from Loretta's lap to hurry over to his mistress. When April started yelling at people, it usually meant he would soon get to start biting ankles. The culprit is... April paused for dramatic effect, which was totally unnecessary because everyone in the thousand-strong crowd was already hanging on her every word. Constable Pike! There was a collective intake of breath. But that doesn't make any sense, said Mr Lang. No one has been more devastated than Constable Pike by the recent spate of cockroach deaths. Exactly, said April. He's been overcompensating. Do you have any evidence, asked Mr Lang. It fits perfectly, declared April. How else do you explain his totally incompetent investigation and unprofessional accusations of innocent children? Perhaps he's just incompetent and unprofessional, suggested Finn. No way. He's obviously got deep-seated psychological issues about cockroach races. He's a serial cockroach-killing psychopath. Probably the only reason he became a cop was so he'd be in a position to carry out these devious crimes. Someone, citizens arrest him before he escapes, cried April. She turned and looked at Joe. Don't look at me, said Joe. I'm not going anywhere near him. He's a cop. He carries a gun. You can't accuse the one member of the police force in this town, said Mr Lang. I can too, said April, because I have proof. 
This is ridiculous, said Constable Pike. It's an insult after everything I've done for the cockroach races. I knew someone other than me was killing the cockroaches, said April, so I laid a trap to catch them. She didn't lay a bear trap, did she? Joe called from his seat. No, the shipping was too expensive, Finn assured him. When I inspected the ceremonial shield earlier, continued April, I put purple food colouring paste on the underside of the handle. Anyone who touches it will get the paste on their skin and their fingers will turn purple. I can prove that Constable Pike is the culprit because when he turns his hands over, we will see that he has purple fingers. Everyone looked at Constable Pike. You can't take it seriously, he protested. Just show us your hands, Bob, said Mr Lang. Constable Pike turned over his hands and the skin was a completely normal shade of pink. No way, exclaimed April. I could have sworn it was you. Someone in the crowd booed. Boo! Soon there was a whole chorus of boos. We are never going to live this down, muttered Finn. We're all going to have to go and live in another town. It's okay, said April, still irrationally confident. Then it must be the only other obvious suspect. Who? asked Constable Pike. Don't encourage her, pleaded Finn. The cockroach killer must be, April swivelled about, looking for the right person in the crowd, Daisy Odin's daughter. Everyone gasped. (gasps) Daisy's face appeared on the jumbotron. She looked horrified and confused. But she hasn't got a motive, said Finn. She did it because she's deranged and evil, said April. There's no other explanation why she would have chased our brother Joe around school all week, goggling at him with stupid moony eyes. Daisy was looking very embarrassed now. So was Joe. Loretta was loving it. Daisy actually cornered Joe in the boys' toilets, revealed April. You have to be deranged and have no sense of smell to go in there. People started muttering. Show us your hands, calls a voice from the crowd. Daisy slowly held up her hands and turned them palm out to the camera. They were a normal pink colour. What? exclaimed April. That can't be right. That's enough, said Constable Pike. No, someone here has purple fingers, said April. She whirled around to confront the entire crowd. Everyone, show me your hands. Great, now you're accusing the whole town, said Finn. But everyone in the raised seats was curious to see if their hands had changed colour. They were looking for themselves and showing their neighbours. Everyone's hands were still pink or brown, depending on what colour their skin was in the first place. No one, asked April. Someone here must have purple hands. Someone tampered with those cockroaches. And to do so, they had to lift the lid. Then your trap proves that no one here did that, said Mr Lang. I reckon it's just a story, said Animesh, to hide the fact that she did it. People in the crowd began to yell, yeah, arrest her and cockroach killer. Wait, cried Joe, standing up in his seat. The need to protect his sister imbued him with clarity and confidence. My sister may be deranged, unstable and deeply unpleasant. She may have violent tendencies, a menacing presence and an abusive manner. April nodded. It was all true. But she isn't a liar, said Joe. Someone here must have purple hands. Finn gasped. I know who did it. Now everyone was looking at him. 
Coach Voss, said Finn. Everyone turned to look at Coach Voss's hands. He turned them over. The fingers on his right hand were bright purple. There were gasps in the crowd. Of course he touched the ceremonial shield, said Constable Pike. He's the master of ceremonies. It's his job to start each race by lifting the lid. Which also gives him unparalleled access to the races, accused Finn. He had more opportunity than anyone else. Enough, snapped Mr Lang. You can't accuse Coach Voss. He's the greatest lawn bowler this town has ever seen since the legendary Sir Roland himself. But he's also Matilda's great uncle, aren't you? asked Finn, turning to Coach Voss. What? asked April. Matilda's full name is Matilda Voss Nevers, said Finn. They're related. Wow, this town has a pretty shallow gene pool, said April. And Matilda said she had a great uncle who had never lived down the shame of losing the cockroach races many years ago, said Finn. Was that you, Coach Voss? Coach Voss stared in stunned silence. But that's not a motive, said Constable Pike. It is if you hold a grudge for 70 years, said Finn. The Karawong cockroach races are big business now. People follow them all round the world. So when a bookmaker asks you to rig the races, finally you have a chance to make a whole load of money and get revenge. You're making it up, said Coach Voss. You've got no proof. You're the kids no one likes. I'm a respected pillar of this community. Then you won't mind if we check your phone messages, will you, said April, waggling his phone in her hand. Coach Voss clutched his pocket. Hey, how did you get that? If you're going to leave it lying around in your pocket, said April, you're practically begging for me to steal it. Hey, give that back, bellowed Coach Voss. Make me, mocked April as she danced away, scrolling through the apps. Here we go, most recent messages. She suddenly stopped moving. Oh my gosh, Finn's actually right. It says Captain Magoo in the second, and the message before that is Dixton's Pride in the first. Each message came through exactly two minutes before each race. Let me see that, said Constable Pike. The texts are from an international number. They start with 81. What country is that? (gasps) Japan, cried Loretta. I've got cousins living there. Cockroach racing is huge in Japan, said April. Someone over there is arranging to have the races fixed. Constable Pike turned to Coach Voss. He looked heartbroken. Coach, why would you do it? For the money, you idiot, snarled Coach Voss. A menacing glare came over his face. Do you think I like having to coach snotty teenagers for an hourly rate? After all, I've given to the sport of lawn bowls. I'm just a tourist attraction. I'm no different to the giant poo. Except the poo doesn't have bills to pay. Coach, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to put you under arrest, said Constable Pike, his voice cracking as he spoke. He looked like he was going to start crying. Ha! You'll have to catch me first, said Coach Voss. Then, with surprise and agility for a man of his age, he spun on his heel and made a run for it. The constable was fumbling to blow his nose and didn't react straight away, and since everyone else was expecting him to handle the situation, there was a moment of hesitation. Quick, someone stop him, yelled April. 
Unfortunately, the average person is inherently reluctant to crash-tackle an octogenarian, no matter how wicked he might be. Joe got to his feet, responding to his sister's cry, but he was in the middle of the crowd, so he had to politely say, excuse me, ten times, and wait for everyone in his row to tuck their knees in before he could get out. April and Finn took off after Coach Voss, with Constable Pike close behind, but the coach had already made it to the hot air balloon in the corner of the gardens. He vaulted into the basket and yanked free the tethers, one after another. Stop! cried Finn. April was closest. She leapt forward to grab hold of the basket, but her fingertips just skimmed the outside of the wicker as the balloon lifted up off the ground. Pumpkin ran right over the top of her, yapping and bravely leaping up at the basket himself but he was only 30 centimetres tall, so he didn't get far off the ground before crashing down on April's head. By the time Constable Pike and Finn had caught up and April was back on her feet, the balloon was already several metres up in the air. Joe ran over and leapt as high as he could, but he only managed to nudge the basket with his hands. There was nothing for him to grab onto. "'When I was a boy, the cockroach cup was stolen from me!' yelled Coach Voss, his voice full of emotion." I never forgive and I never forget. With that, he reached up and tugged on the fuel line. A burst of flame billowed up and the hot air balloon accelerated fractionally. It was slowly and gracefully rising up into the sky. The rest of the crowd had made their way over now. Several thousand people were gathered, watching the balloon gradually drift away. This has to be the slowest criminal getaway ever in history, said Finn. April turned to the crowd. Is there anybody here who has a grappling hook? No one responded. When have you ever seen a grappling hook anywhere other than in a cartoon? Asked Finn. Well, it would be totally useful if we had one right now, said April. We've got a deranged lunatic making the slowest escape imaginable. If we had a big, heavy hook, we could just pull him back down here. A sandbag thudded to the ground, narrowly missing April's head. Hey, she cried, looking up. I can hear you, said Coach Voss. I heard you call me a deranged lunatic. Well, you are one, said April. Another sandbag hurtled downwards straight at April. Luckily, Joe had fast reflexes, and by pushing his sister hard to the ground, the sandbag just missed her. That hurt, April yelled at Joe. A sandbag on the head would have hurt more, Joe shrugged. We've got to stop him, said Finn. He's moving slowly now, but once he gets higher up, the winds are faster. He'll be crossing the coast in a couple of hours. There's nothing we can do, said April. We don't have a grappling hook, and Constable Pike is too much of a wimp to shoot him down. It's my job to uphold the law, not break it, protested Constable Pike. Like I said, said April, a wimp. If only we had another hot air balloon, said Finn. We could give chase. We do have a helicopter, Joe pointed out, and Loretta knows how to fly it. That sounds like fun, said Loretta, joining them. I'm so glad your family moved to Currawong. You have the best ideas for group activities. Let's go, said April. April, Finn, Joe, Pumpkin and Loretta ran over to Dad's helicopter. I can't condone this, yelled Constable Pike. Quick, Loretta, said April. Turn the helicopter on so we don't have to hear Constable Boring Pants. Loretta put on the headset and flicked a few switches. The engine rumbled to life and the rotors slowly began to turn, rapidly accelerating to a whip-like pace. The crowd fell back to give the helicopter and its alarmingly young pilot plenty of room. Let's rock and roll, cried Loretta with a crazed gleam in her eye. 
The end. Well, that was a long one. But that's it for now. Until next time, goodbye.